0: Okay. How about your Bibles? B L B L E. Here we go. Say, this is my Bible.
1: This is my Bible.
0: I can have. I can have. With the Word of God.
1: With the Word of God. Says I can have. Says I can have. I can
0: do. I can do. With the Word of God.
1: What the Word of says God. I says I can do. Says I can do. And it. I am. And I am. What it says I am. What it says I am. You believe that this morning? I surely do. Excited about the Word? Aren't you glad you know Jesus? Yeah. yeah. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. And, Lord, may the word go to work in us. So, Lord, we are going to mine out truth that sets not only us free, but, Lord, that freedom we experience, we're able to uh, share with others to let them free. Oh, God, there's no freedom unless we're free through Jesus Christ. So, Father, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right.
0: Amen. Well, I've been so excited about this message. Yesterday, I mean, you worked on it all week, and yesterday I just let everything marinate in me a lot. And the more I would talk to God about it, and the more I just got so excited, I couldn't. So I am super excited, and I'm asking Jesus to just help it come out the way that He has put it in us.
1: And normally we do a kind of a patriotic message uh, this year, but man, I'm just praying. I just it just wasn't coming together well. And it's like, Lord, what do you... the Holy co- Spirit had a different idea. A different idea. plan. So if you're expecting, you know, a 4th of July message, sorry. You're getting something better today. That's right. So the title of our message is, How Do You Rest?
0: I'll say it again. How do you rest? Rest. You know... Have you ever wondered does God see everything going on that is going on in me? Does he see all this? Does he see what's going on in the world? Does he see what's going on in my family? Does he see all this?
1: Have you ever just thought I'm not sure he understands the circumstance I'm in. I need you. Okay. Or would can you I, just
0: Can I tell on myself?
1: Well, yes. Tell all. So
0: how many are, have young kids in your home? Okay. So I'm going to tell myself when I was a young mom and toddler stage. You, you know where I'm going now. Toddler stage. And um, I had my first child was an extremely strong-willed child. And I went to God and I say, God, I don't think you understand what is going on here. I, you don't understand what it's like to be a parent. This is hard, especially with the child you gave me. This is a strong-willed child. She'd be the kind like you told her, don't touch the bookshelf, and she'd go. And look at you like, what you going to do about it? Yeah, one of those. Your pastor had one of those. And I'm like, I'm the pastor's wife. I'm supposed to have the perfect child. God, what did you do? What? This is not funny. This is a, not a joke. And you don't know what it's like to be a parent. And as soon as I got it out of my mouth, I heard the Holy Spirit so gently say, I've got a lot of kids. Have you looked at them lately? You do have a lot of kids. And look at us. We're a mess. I'm so sorry, God. And so he does see what's going
1: on. He does see. Turn to someone and go, he sees. Yeah, and that might scare, that might scare somebody, <laughs> but he does see. And uh, the thing is, when we decide to partner with him, he wants to show us the next things, the next steps that we need to do in, in our life, in our journey, or the issues that we're dealing with. So, if you turn your, by, by, bru-, bruise, by, bruise. To Hebrews chapter 4. You are combining Bible and Hebrews. Yeah, that's it. It's like, (laughs) where did I get that? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 6. We'll read verse 6 and then verse 11. And this talks about rest. How many enjoy rest? I mean, it's like. If your hand is
0: not raised, I feel so sorry for you. Rest is wonderful, isn't it?
1: So there's a rest in faith that the Bible talks about. So verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 4 says, Those who first heard the good news of deliverance failed to enter into the realm of faith's rest because of their unbelieving hearts. Yet the fact remains that we still have the opportunity to enter into faith, rest, life, and experience the fulfillment of the promise. I love that phrase, faith, rest, life. Let's go down to verse 11. So then we must be eager. We got any eager people here today?
0: Yes. Ah. Online, Are you eager?
1: We got. So then we must be eager. Any eager people? To experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief.
0: Okay, we're going to go through a story uh, in the book of Acts of someone who knew how to rest properly.
1: This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I love this story.
0: It is an awesome story. And it is in Acts chapter 12. So go to Acts chapter 12. We're going to hang out in Acts chapter 12 today. And we are going to see a man by the name of Peter. Now, when Peter walked with Jesus, he wasn't really at a place of rest. Am I right? The guy was always in trouble. Do you, do you read your Bible? Are you there? You know the Peter I'm talking about. Okay, he was, he was in trouble a lot when he walked with Jesus. But something here has changed, and he has learned something about faith rest. So let's start in verse 1. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with the sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads, of four soldiers each. That's a lot of people guarding one person. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Let's stop there.
1: You know, and so this is, Peter's so relatable because he's, well, maybe not to everybody, but he's the kind of guy that spoke out of turn, uh, interrupted. He was trying to tell Jesus how to live his life, you know, and so he was just kind of, the yeah, he was just kind of this guy and uh, get concerned and worried about different things. So here we're seeing this man of God after the day of Pentecost, preaching to thousands and uh, really becoming a pillar in the church. And So here we are in Acts chapter 12, and he's being arrested for his faith, for his preaching. And uh, Herod, the government, is just like, we want to make all these uh, non-believing people happy. So it's kind of a political move by Herod to imprison Peter. And so we want to go through what are the steps Peter took that are relatable to our lives today Because you may not be facing prison, but I'm sure in this story, there's some issues that you're facing and going through that cause you a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of stress. Uh, What's God going to do? Does he understand my circumstances? Is that any relatable to anybody here?
0: Has anybody in this room experienced a little bit of anxiety? Well, that's almost 100% of us. Those of you who don't have your hands raised, wow, I'm so proud of you. You've never experienced anxiety in your life. That's amazing. Yeah, we'll have to talk after church. But anyway, Peter has learned some steps of how to rest during hard times, hard stuff. You know, if you've never experienced anxiety, you've at least gone through some hard stuff in life. So let's talk about the first one and if you're taking notes, the first one to help us is develop. Everybody say develop. Develop, develop our faith or your faith. Develop your faith. And Peter, obviously, as we're going to go through the story, has learned how to develop his faith because of. we're going to see how he reacts. Um, you know, sometimes we complain about our circumstances or um, But sometimes we are just plain being tested to see how we react during hard stuff. That's something to ponder right there. Instead of complaining about what you're going through, you might want to take it to God in prayer. Because sometimes what you're going through is a test. And Peter went through some tests. And sometimes God's wanting to know, have you grown or have you developed your faith? Are you growing? Or are you still where you were a year ago? Are we growing?
1: You know, sometimes employers will put, unbeknownst to the applicant, some little tests just to see how they respond in certain scenarios. Just uh, they're going through a little qualifying test. How are they going to respond if they respond appropriately well we'll probably hire them if they don't <laughs> respond right we will not hire them okay. and so i don't know if god gets a kick out of doing that but have i ever felt like god put you through a little test to see how you're gonna go how many have failed some tests don't raise your hand well here's but,
0: <laughs> here's the interesting thing here pastor greg is in verse five the church is being tested and what, how did the church respond? What did verse 5 say? What were they doing? Okay, did we not just read that Peter's associate had just been killed? Okay, I got to help you here. Have you ever prayed for someone to be healed and they passed on? What happens to you the next time somebody else comes to you and says, please pray for me? You're under a test. You think that's new to to, to you? That is not a new thing. It happened to the new church too. It happened many, many years ago. It's happened for thousands of years. People are still being tested in this. So they prayed for Peter's associate to live and not die, right? They didn't want James beheaded, but James was beheaded for the sake of Christ. So now we got Peter, and Peter is up for trial the next day. And the natural thing is he's probably going to be beheaded also, Now, as this story goes, this is a cool story, but I want to pause here because here's the deal. This story could have had a different outcome if the church hadn't passed the test. The church, even though somebody else they prayed for went to be with Jesus, they're tested. Are you just going to give up and say, well, prayer doesn't work? Anybody ever heard that? Prayer doesn't work. I prayed for Aunt Zoe, Aunt Joey Joe, and Sue Lee, Suey Q, and I'm trying to make up names that nobody has. Susie Q.
1: I succeeded. Thanks.
0: I prayed for so and so, and it didn't work.
1: You know, our faith, and this is just uh, a a test we all have to go through that um, circumstances don't dictate our faith. There you go. Our faith has to be established in this book, no matter what our circumstances feel like face. And, you know, at this time, the church may have felt like we're praying for Peter, but it certainly seems like the devil's winning this game here. And, uh, but can you pull your you know, the old proverbial thing, can you pull yourself up by your spiritual bootstraps and pray anyway? And Keep they didn't just pray.
0: Did you see that?
1: They earnestly they prayed.
0: They earnestly prayed. In other words, this was part of their day. This was on their mind as they went through their day. They're they're constantly talking to God about the about Peter. They're praying for him earnestly. And they're not like Gonna say, well, we tried this once before. They are developing their faith.
1: So let's go down to verse 6 in chapter 12 of Acts, and it says, The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. What? Yeah, I was sleeping. He was sleeping? Probably snoring. Wow. Fast, and then he's asleep, but, and can you, I mean, think of the situation he's in that he's sleeping. He's asleep. Fastened with two chains. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's uncomfortable. Then he's between two soldiers who probably smell really bad. So that's uncomfortable. Others stood guard at the prison gate. So Peter's asleep in a prison between two soldiers.
0: Okay, so I'm such a wimp that when I'm on an airplane and I'm in the middle seat... I have a hard time sleeping. And and I usually get the middle seat because well, because I, I don't know. I just do.
1: I ask you. I know. Every time we board the <laughs> But plane, I don't
0: have the heart to I'll take, take the middle seat. I don't have the heart to do put you, you in the, the aisle. middle. So I take the middle. But being in the middle next to a stranger on this side just makes me I, I mean I, I might kinda rest, but it's, it's a little bit hard for me to go into a deep sleep. And as the story goes, Peter wasn't just like in a, he was in, he was in REM sleep. He was really knocked out. Well, you'll see that as the story goes. He was really asleep. And I don't think he got to say, excuse me, can I have a pill to go to sleep? I need an anxiety pill because my nerves are on end because I might die tomorrow. Ooh, I'm, I know I'm stepping all over toes right now. It got really quiet in here. Our society thinks a pill fixes everything. But Peter had figured out something that was far greater than a pill. Yes, something that we need to figure out. Because he was going to possibly die. I mean, if, if if everything goes just like it had just gone, right? Did, did you read what I read earlier in the chapter? You know, James was already Beheaded, he was probably going to be beheaded the next day. He's going on trial the next day. So as he's going on trial, Peter had figured out, I need my I need my rest because I I need to walk in wisdom tomorrow. I need I need to know what I'm talking about.
1: And the government thought that pleased the people so much with James being beheaded. Yeah. Man, just think what it would be like. I'll with be Peter. I'll be a great governor, Herod the Great, if I take Peter out. So that's. What's Peter's going into? And we find him asleep with a lot of anxiety. And I imagine as we go through life at times, we have to go to sleep with anxiety on our mind.
0: Maybe, maybe not anxiety, we get rid of the anxiety, but a lot of hard stuff. And we have to learn how to get rid of it and go to sleep.
1: So Peter was... In between something.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a
1: message in itself. He was in between the arrest and the trial.
0: Some of you here and watching are in between a couple hard things. You're in the in between right now. You're in between something, and it's not fun. You don't like it. You're between two really tough situations. And I'm here to tell you, you can rest in between tough stuff. You feel like you got something hard over here, and you got something hard over here. Well, so did Peter. He had two guards right on each side of him that he's chained to, and yet he's resting. He's sleeping, which, okay, so number one was develop our faith. Number two is sleep in the midst of anxiety.
1: You know, and I think the thing that Peter did that we all need to do is Peter remembered You know, when we're in that moment where life is tough, this isn't the way I planned it to go, I'm serving you, God, why is this happening? Peter did something that I think is so vital that we need to do. It doesn't say this in the text, but if we will just stop and remember God's goodness. Because a lot of times we can get caught up in the moment, the mountain, the frustration the opportunity to complain that this is not fair, this is unjust. I know how this is going to turn out. This is all politically motivated. And just going on and on, you can just imagine what Peter could have been thinking and probably was, but, but he remembered something, I believe. And what did he remember? Well, when Jesus was in between, Jesus was in between a lot of things. But one time in particular, Jesus was asleep asleep In the boat, he was in between leaving the shore of Galilee to the Gadarene, the demoniac. So he's in between, and a storm rises up, and the Bible says a boat is filling up with water. The disciples are freaked out. They think they're going to drown. They even wake Jesus up with these words, don't you even care?
0: So Jesus was in REM sleep in between and in the middle of a lot of anxiety. But we find Jesus asleep, too. Jesus knew how to rest in the middle of tough stuff. And Peter was there when, remember? Peter's a disciple. Y'all, y'all with me? So, yes, I think you're absolutely right. Peter has now walked with Jesus enough that he saw the importance of knowing how to rest in tough times. Because he's in the middle of an extremely tough moment right now. He's in between some tough stuff,
1: you know. And I think Peter was in a place where just like, this is wrong, and I got a lot more living to do. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a story of where this. Uh, of Before we started Inspiration Bible Church, I was an associate at another church, and there was a guy that got chemical poisoning at Boeing, and he uh, had worked for Boeing many many years, and he got some kind of a blood disease from the chemicals that he worked with at Boeing. And so he became really frail and uh, would have to have all these treatments done. And so he'd come into the church office and, Pastor Greg, would you just pray for me? So I'd pray for him. And he'd get a little better. A couple months would go by and his health would start to decline. And he'd come in, I'm going in for another treatment. Will you pray for me? So I'd pray for him and Kind of same thing. He'd get a little better for a while, and then get worse. And this went on for a couple of years. So he came in my office one day, and uh, one of the other pastors was with me. and And he said something that kind of freaked me out. And it was just like, like, "Oh my word, you are the rudest pastor ever." And so this gentleman came in. Is like, "I'm here again, going through the same thing, and got to have another treatment." and my insurance is running out. Boeing's not cooperating. You know, just kind of complaining about the whole situation. And so my friend who's on staff with, he goes, you know, I'm sick and tired of praying for you. I'm sick and tired of you coming in here complaining about the problems you're dealing with. And I'm just like, oh, that's not very pastoral. <laughs> and But he said something that I thought was so vital. And he goes, do you ever think about living? What's your hobbies? What do you like to do? When you feel the most alive, what is it that you love to do? When you're not working, you and your wife do something, what is it? And he sat there shocked at everything, and he goes, well, you know, I, I I got a motorcycle that I haven't ridden since all this stuff began several years ago. He goes, well, what's your motorcycle look like? So he described his motorcycle, and it's all dusty, and he's got a cover over it. And he goes, here's the deal. I want you to go home. To d- We're not even going to pray for you. We're done praying for you. If God didn't hear our prayers all these years, then he's not going to hear today's prayer either. The thing rests on you. You need to go home and think about living. You need to take that cover off your motorcycle, sit on it, and smell some exhaust in your lungs, and... And think about riding. Think about living. Think about imagining yourself going on some of these mountain roads and taking it all in. And and think about living instead of treatments and dying and this isn't working and on and on and on. You know what? A miracle took place in that man's life. A miracle. I kid you not. He went in. He went on a motorcycle ride with his wife. His blood... Blood. The the doctors were at kind of the end of what they knew to do for him. And he was healed. He was healed and went back to work at Boeing. The doctors were astonished. You know what? I think it's the same thing Peter was dealing with.
0: Well, you know, Peter here, God did more for Peter while he was sleeping than if he'd been awake fretting. What we're about ready to read took place while Peter was sleeping. So if you think you're so spiritual because you're staying awake all night worrying, I'm here to tell you that ain't spiritual. If you want to be spiritual, you rest in faith that God has heard your prayers That God has not only heard you, but he is working on your behalf. Because that's exactly what happened to Peter. Peter had already talked to God. He didn't need to keep fretting or worrying. He talked to God and then he went to sleep. And God worked on his behalf. It's amazing. See, you know, I, I think sometimes we have to ask ourselves, do a little checkup. How are you doing between the doctor visit, and all the tests that were taken until you get the results. How do you do in between? Are you resting? Or are you fretting? Are you worrying? Or are you resting in faith that God's got me? I'm okay.
1: Can I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to drop a bomb on you guys. We did uh, our taxes this year. I, I've done our taxes for like ever, and uh, so I got to this year's taxes, and uh, we owed fifty thousand dollars. Yeah.
0: Obviously a mistake, but we couldn't figure out couldn't figure the out mistake. where the
1: mistake was. So, uh, Lord, you got to do something here, and uh, so. It's a great opportunity to go, God, you got mail. <laughs> you know, you got to deal with this. And, and, and then just go, it's all going to work out.
0: And we, we said that to each other. We're like, well, obviously we've done something wrong. Let's go to a CPA, let's have them take over. And we rested. We still we have an extension, we still don't have the results, but we the the even this to, to be to be continued, will tell. but the c p a said yeah i i I can see what's what there was some things, yeah, there's a big mistake here, and we we kind of know what the mistake was
1: but uh anyway, what but, if we, but, it's, but there is a little bit of uncertainty there is still uncertainty
0: on on something, and so but what do we do in the process? Are we going to stay awake and worry and fret, or are we going to just rest? God's got us. Gotta rest. Gotta it's going to be okay.
1: So let's get back to. S- have, you ever, that-
0: have you ever had that? I mean, we're probably not the only ones that all of a sudden went, what, what, what? Say what? You know? If you've lived long enough, you've probably had those moments when you went, Excuse me, there's a mistake here. <laughs> That's funny. You know? If you've never had that, just live a little longer. Something's going to happen and you go, "Excuse me, what did you say?" I think I think I heard you with a bad ear or something. That can't be right. Right?
1: We got to get to the realization. Oh, but I got
0: to give them this acronym. Okay. You know when somebody passes and everybody says RIP, R.I.P. Rest in peace? I got a new one for you. Rest in power. And I'm not talking about that you're dying. I'm talking about you learn how to rest while you live. Because you're resting in God's power. Because God is almighty. And he's got a name that is above every name. And you rest in his power.
1: Come on. So let's go down to verse 7. Verse 7. Here we go. This is a great word. You just need to highlight everywhere you see it in the Bible. It's just a great word. Can we all say it out loud? Suddenly. Suddenly. You know, and I hate that. I love that, but I hate it because it's like, God, can you give me a clue as things progress, that things are moving in the right direction? But it usually doesn't seem to be that way. It's just like, boom, things changed. So suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. And I like this part. This is a funny part. The angel struck him. <laughs> it's like, can you just, kaboom. You know, my wife strikes me in the middle of the night when she hears something. You know, it's like the other night, beating on my shoulder. Get up! theres I don't even know what it was. I was in my room. But the angel struck him on the side to awake him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists.
0: So number three. Everybody say number three. Number three. Obey, quickly. Obey quickly. So Peter could have been, you know, he could have been, Who are you? Why? What do you want me to do? He could have been asking a gazillion questions. There are times in your life when God asks you to do something, and he doesn't want you asking a gazillion questions. He needs you to obey and obey quickly.
1: You guys remember John the Baptist's dad? Kind of had an angel visit him, and you're going to have a son in your old age, and da-da-da. What? What? Who are you? How's this going to happen? I need some identification here, you know. And it didn't work out well because he was mute for, like, several months. So, nine months. Because God
0: expects us when he says something to obey quickly, not ask and question him. I might need to say that again. You know, our brains want to figure everything out. And we want to know why. Where am I going? Peter could have said, where am I going? What are you doing? But... That's not what happened.
1: But I want you to notice something there. It says, the angel said, in him and said, get up. Quick. Quick, get up. Everyone say, get up. Get up. And the chains fell off. And. And. You know, sometimes I think we want the chains in our life to fall off first. Then we will get up and do something. And so, oftentimes, obeying God, we have to do the o- opposite of what our natural instincts are you know i'll get up when i'm not a, I'll, I'll serve you, you when i'm free i'll serve you when i don't have this addiction i'll serve you when i'm in a better place it doesn't work that way you serve him now with your addiction and all the mess you're in yeah. come on and that goes with what you're saying you know people come to church not everybody comes into church as a saint You know, they need to just obey by being in church. Then the addictions fall off.
0: Oh, that's so good. So good. So, moving to verse 8. I got to say one more thing. We don't praise him because we need peace or we need to wait for peace. I'm just going to read what I put here. We praise him because we need peace, not we wait for peace and then praise him. I'm going to say it again. We praise him because we need peace, not I'm going to wait till I'm peaceful and then I'll praise him. I'll wait till the circumstances change and then I'll praise him. You got to learn to praise him in the middle of your tough circumstances and then the peace will come
1: and it's a biblical fact when you go through the bible people had to do some tough things then in re- obedience yeah. moses or, or joshua is standing at the jordan river the promised lands on the other side and your promised land might be on the other side of this issue and god said just walk in the middle of the the overflowing jordan river and the waters will part. I don't know about you, but that would have been freaking me out. You know, flood stage river. Go step in the river. But he did. You know, the guy that had to dip the seven times in the Jordan River. You know, he didn't get healed, to then step in. Yeah. He had to, you know, you just track that obedience thing is required of all of us. We have to praise him first. Remember the, the musicians, the army went out to face uh, the army coming at them, and God said, send out the worshipers first and sing. The walls of Jericho had, came down when they, did, when they followed the prescribed obedience of going around and on the seventh day shouting a shout of victory before the walls came down. This is how God works with our lives, and it's called the rest of faith. The
0: rest of faith. Uh, I'm just going to give a real, an example that I think a lot of people will relate to. But when my mom passed 13 years ago, it was kind of one of those sudden passings. When my dad passed, it, was, it wasn't, we, we knew it was coming. But when my mom passed 13 years ago, it was, it was sudden. And I'll never forget sitting on this front row, and I was hurting. My mom was my, my confidant. And I remember sitting on that front row, and worship was going on, and everybody was happy, 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 like we always are. But I knew I had a choice. Am I going to choose to be happy and praise you, God, or am I going to let this grief just overtake me? I had to praise when I didn't feel like it because I knew that my peace was on the other end of giving God praise, whether my flesh felt like it or not. my flesh wanted to go crawl in a ball and get away from everybody. I can remember thinking, I just, I don't think I can even stand here. I want to go away from everybody. And I know you know exactly what I'm talking about because probably everybody in this room has at some point in their life felt that kind of grief. It's overwhelming, and you don't feel like praising. But I'm here to tell you that when you praise God, no matter if it's happy or not, there is peace that comes as a result of it. There is a rest that
1: comes. Verse 8. What, verse eight. Here we go, verse 8. Verse 8 says, Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. You know, and the point number four is you got to follow God's word. Yes. God's word. Say it
0: together. Come on. Follow, follow God's, God's word.
1: word. And, you know, you're, there's in the Greek language, there's two, two different kinds of words. There's the written word, which is called logos, and then there's the now word of God you get in your spirit. It's a quickened word. It's a now word called Rama. And you got to follow God. You got to follow God. And so, and the thing about Peter in this situation is he didn't say, follow where? Go where? What are we doing? He just followed God's word. Just so simple, but sometimes for us it's hard. I'll follow you when you spell it out. You know, it's. I'm kinda I get a little anxiety when I follow the maps on my phone when I'm going someplace new, and you know you drive along and and i I like to see the visual of where I'm at and where my destination is and my my the little arrow is moving as I go along and and then when I get to the next turn, it'll say "Turn left here only tells me about six times, which annoys me but <laughs> But I like that versus having the list of all the things I got to do until I get, I hate that part of the maps. I just need the next thing. And I think God's the same way. He doesn't often tell you where you're going to end up. He just tells you what you need to do next. Get That's up and so go. so true.
0: So true. I got a statement for you. You can write it down because it's so good. Maybe God will reveal the next thing when we follow the one thing. What is the one thing God is telling you to do? Maybe God will reveal the next thing when we follow the one thing.
1: And you know, we'll probably sleep better yeah. when we do the one thing.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, this angel didn't tell Peter all the details. This is where you're going. This is what's going to happen next. The, the angel just told him, this is the one thing you need to do right now. And you better do it. You better follow it. Here we go. Verse 9. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time, he thought, "I must. this is a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and the second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through. And started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. Next point, taking notes. Let God do the heavy lifting. Let God do the heavy lifting. You don't have to figure out things that you have no capability of doing. Let God Let God do the heavy lifting. Now, there are times in your life where there are something that you in the natural need to do and not be lazy. Yeah, I said it. Sometimes us believers get lazy. Do what you can do and let God do the heavy lifting. I'm married to an amazing man, and I do a lot of things. But when I see something really heavy, I don't do it. I let my husband lift something that's heavier because he's got more muscles than me. Do you know that God has more power than you? Let him do the heavy lifting and rest. You can rest in it.
1: All right, going down to verse 11. Peter finally came to his senses. (laughs) He realized, (laughs) well, this is happening. You know, when the miracles happen in your life, sometimes it's just, is this really happening? It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realize this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer.
0: Next one, taking notes, find your people. Now, I got to say, I'm proud of all of you that are here in this building because you found your people. You 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 know where to go. You know that Church is where you're going to find people of like-mindedness, and that is exactly what Peter knew to do. He went to his people, and he's going to knock on their door. He found his peeps. You know, where do you go when you're in trouble? I could pause there. and Are you going to run back to the people who got you in trouble in the first place? How's that working for you? You know, I'm never, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously amazed when people are in addiction. Don't run back to the people who you did the addiction with. You need to find the right people. Find your people and run to them. So Peter, Peter went to his church peeps, and what were they doing? Praying for him. Praying for him. Okay, verse
1: thirteen. Verse thirteen. So he knocked at the door, in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open. Open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone that was praying, Peter's standing at the door.
0: I mean, that's funny. And you I, could stop right there. And that's this just is,
1: hilarious. And this is, no, what's funny is the next verse 15. The people praying for God to deliver Peter out of the prison <laughs> said this in verse 15. Rhoda, you are out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, she's like, no, he's really there. They decided, okay, if it's really Peter, it's not Peter because we know he's going to die. It must be his ghost. That's what they said. It must be his his angel. And you know, uh, I wish we could. So the next hang point is
0: when Jesus is knocking at your door with some answers, answer the door. Sometimes people I, I'm amazed God is totally making a way for them and they don't open the door. Hello. He's knocking. Open the door. He wants to help you. Open the door. He's saying, Let me in. Open the door. Come
1: on. You know, I think sometimes too is when we're going in the middle of stuff and we're we're believing God. We're resting in faith. Here's what people think will say to you. You're out of your mind because they don't get it. Even godly people, even people that you know are part of your company that are your peeps, unfortunately, they're just like, no, this is happening. God's going to do this for me. They might tell you you're out of your mind, and they might come up with natural reasonings. Like they said, this is probably his ghost. Well, if you do these natural things, try to theorize it or come up with excuses. You know, these were good people, godly people. But because they had gone through the James scenario, there was an element of doubt in their praying, obviously.
0: Verse 16, meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. I could just, I mean, can you just see this? Peter's now like... He's like, dude, let me in! Why did you leave? Rhoda! Now, he's probably getting anxious now. Seriously, are you not gonna open the door? I think there is probably times when Jesus is saying that physically. Are you just not gonna stink and open the door? I want to help you. I am right here waiting for you. Open the stinking door.
1: And here's verse 16. Meanwhile. Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. They were amazed their prayer got answered is really how you could read that. And, you know, what I think we can take away from that is not only walking through Peter's life and resting in faith and learning to live this life, God's got me, but also realize that these this church was praying And they weren't perfect, but God still used them anyway. And, you know, the end of this story, if you go read the end of the chapter, Peter is alive and well and preaching and fulfilling his God-given destiny. He's living. And Herod dies. Herod dies. The tables got turned. You know, sometimes you just got to, why am I going through this? Lord? Let's put this on the devil. And what the devil meant for me, let's go back on him and his minions. Come on. Amen? Let's all stand.
0: Thank you, Lord. I'm going to run through those things again. And I want you to ask yourself if, if God is wanting one of these in your life. Develop your faith. Sleep in the midst of anxiety. Obey quickly. Follow his word. Let him do the heavy lifting. Find your people and answer the
1: door. You know, today, if you're here and you need to just let God in your life, let him do a miracle. Let him remove the anxiety. Find that place of peace that begins with inviting Jesus into your heart. So with every head bowed, and eye closed, those of you watching online, you know, Jesus is knocking right now. This is the deal. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. And he's saying, let me in. I want to give you peace. He is the Prince of Peace. The Holy Spirit in your life can bring you peace, even in the middle of a difficult situation. But it begins first with asking Jesus into your heart. And today, right now in this God moment, I'm going to count to three. And on three, I want you to respond. and Raise your hand, either in this place or watching online. And Pastor Sterling's going to lead us all in a prayer, and that's the beginning of a relationship where we can just give our stuff to God and rest that He's got you. One, today's a great day of salvation. Two, don't let doubts and anxiety or fear keep you away from this moment. Three, respond right now. Raise your hand in this place. Yes, amen, 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 yes. Those of you watching online, yes, praise God.
0: Oh, would you all repeat this prayer with them Heavenly Father
1: Heavenly Father I
0: thank you I thank you for the blood of Jesus for the
1: blood of Jesus that forgives me that forgives me where I have
0: fallen short where I
1: have fallen short of your best of your best and
0: I ask today and
1: I ask today that
0: you would be that you would be not only savior not
1: only savior
0: but completely in charge. But
1: completely in charge of my life. Of my life.
0: I surrender everything.
1: I surrender to you. To you. And
0: I thank you.
1: And I thank you because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood of I'm Jesus. I'm a new
0: creation. I am a new creation in Christ.
1: In Christ. The old. The old
0: passed away. Passed away. And all has become new. All
1: has become new today. Today in
0: Jesus in name.
1: Jesus name.
0: Amen.